A florist's world is filled with big-budget, Instagram-worthy moments, leaving so many florists feeling inadequate or discouraged because this isn't the type of work that they're attracting. But the bigger issue I see florists struggle with is being overwhelmed and exhausted and frankly, counting down the days till the end of wedding season. If you are struggling keeping up with the day-to-day -day details of your business like proposals, ordering product, client meetings, and then getting this week's wedding done, all while trying to balance kids, a day job, self-care, and whatever else gets thrown your way, I'm Jenny Beck, and I am going to help you feel so much lighter in your business. I believe that today you can start to change your business and your life, and I'm here to help. I used to struggle with pricing. Everyone needed a deal because I felt like that was the path of growing my business. But in the end, I was needing to do more and more weddings and my calendar filled up with uninspiring work. I came to a point I couldn't do it anymore. Through coaching, courses, masterminds, and a lot of self-work, that is all changed. I feel creatively inspired, have the resources to work on my business and not constantly in my business, all while making impactful money, being a more present mom, and feeling balance in my life and business. Whether this is your side hustle, your mom hustle, or your everyday hustle, this podcast is the place for all the juicy details of creating a business you adore. Flower friend, my name is Jen, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, flower friend, this is Jen, and you are listening to the Floral Hustle Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about seven things for you to stop immediately. Stop now for a more profitable 2023 wedding season and beyond. Right now is the time of year we are in planning mode. This is the time for you to regroup and really strategize, how can I make next year better? What do I even want for next year? What do I have booked? What do I want to have booked in the big grand scheme? I want X wedding or I want just general goal planning. This is goal planning. The new year is coming. New year's resolution. By time this airs, the new year will be here. But this is your opportunity to craft the business that you love, the business you adore, and ditch all the overwhelm that is making your business, business feel heavy, making it feel like not aligned, making it feel just heavy. So here are some things to really just stop doing, really think about how you can implement these as strategies going into next year. So first thing to stop doing is stop guessing on cost pricing. When you guess, you are literally asking for either a less profitable wedding or a big old mistake because you did not do the legwork. And if you listen to my easy installations, especially that episode, you can learn my easy formula of figuring out a cost per square foot so that you're not investing a ton of time in this. But if you are just guessing, you are asking for issues. You are asking to be less profitable because you are going to go into that going, I just threw a number out there and now I have to make it happen for that number. And you deserve better. And if your client does not understand that I cannot manifest 
like the cost on this because it is a complicated thing. I cannot just spitball because it is a complicated thing. Take that and just say, you know what? I really want to make sure that I'm achieving the look and feel of your inspiration photos. And I want to make sure that I'm properly getting the foundation of everything to accomplish that. And so it just takes me a little bit of time to do the research to make sure that I am really making sure that I have you just love your installation and that I have enough flowers for it and all of those things. So I'd be happy to just put that together in the pro proposal. But if you have a rough idea like that is a range, most of my installations start at X and I've done installations up to this. Because at that point, when you tell somebody a range, they're usually going to tell you your, their budget for something. And if they don't, just say, you know what? Let me just estimate it. I know my range is a pretty broad one because installations are so customized to each wedding that I really want to do my due diligence to make sure that I'm achieving everything that you want. And I'm making sure from a foundation standpoint that I have all my ducks in a row. Leave it at that. So stop guessing. It's not helping you. It's only hurting you. Stop trying to be the cheapest in town. This was me. I was trying to be like race to the bottom because I felt volume and doing a million weddings was the key to success. I actually, I did a, I think it was 137 weddings one year. One weekend, I had nine weddings and then Somebody reached out to me for a funeral, and I thought that was a brilliant idea for me to do nine weddings and a funeral. I pulled it off, but this is while I was working full-time, running a sales organization, having employees. I didn't have children, thank God, because then I probably would have just like been in the loony bin, but it was crazy. So I that happened to me because I was the cheapest in town. I was literally undervaluing myself. I was sometimes losing money because I wasn't estimating enough for fluctuations in pricing in the market. I just wanted more. More and more is going to make me more successful. More and more, more is only going to bring you more headache unless you have profitability built into that equation. And being the cheapest in town is not one of those ways. If you are attracting all of those, like, wanting the cheapest options, the cheapest everything, you need to in implement some processes. For one, I would implement having a brochure for all your inquiries that has pricing guidance in it. And so you can stop right away at dealing with price shoppers that are looking for the lowest price bouquet because they think that they should be able to get bridesmaids for $45 or whatever it be. You give them that brochure, I would love to talk to you more if the pricing in my brochure is aligned with where your budget is. And if they don't reach out, I send one reply email if I don't hear from them in a week because I use Gmail and it nudges me when I don't get a reply. So I go in when I get nudged and I reply back and just say, hey, I want to make sure that you got my brochure and see if you had any questions that I could help answer. If not, it was thank you so much for considering me. End of discussion then you're not wasting your time with price shoppers by doing a full estimate and spending that time on an hour consult if somebody's looking for the cheapest in town. 
Third thing, stop comparing yourself. This is something, again, I used to do a lot. I can't charge that because I am not this florist. My work doesn't look like this florist, so I can't charge like that. B.S. You are your own dictator of your prices. You are the own dictator of the work you want to perform, the work that you want to be proud of. And often, cheap budgets are not going to accomplish that. If you do have a situation that you have a couple that's reached out and it looks super duper fun, but they have a little bit lower budget, if there's one item in there that absolutely is like on your floral bucket list or on something that you have really wanted to put in your portfolio, I would price everything accordingly to what you normally price, but that one item. And I would position that item to them as I price out your wedding, but the one thing that is really inspiring me about your wedding, and I want to use this as part of my portfolio, is this installation. I have given you a discount. This is if you really want to do it and they're absolutely not budging on your budget. I, of course, you can, you know, try them on. But if you just know, and I usually just know after meeting with somebody what things look like, literally go in there and just say, I'm doing this at a discount because it is a portfolio building piece. That way, if they refer someone for that exact same thing, you don't need your portfolio built anymore and it is the regular price and you can explain. I use that as a portfolio building piece and it is actually not something that I can do at that price again because that was not something that will sustain my business to keep doing. End of discussion. Easy peasy. So when you keep comparing yourself to other florists, for one, you are brainwashing yourself that you are not as good as them. Everybody has their strengths. Everybody has something that shines about them, that's something that sticks out that they are great at. And if there are things that you keep comparing yourself and falling short, then you need to invest in yourself, taking courses, doing things like practicing, going to Trader Joe's. We have Trader Joe's, like a grocery store that like their flowers are unbelievably cheap because they're buying in such volume that sometimes it's cheaper than the wholesaler. When in my earlier days, I would go there and I would buy like $40 of flowers, $35 of flowers, and I would just make different things, tear it apart, take pictures, and keep doing that to build my confidence, but also build my portfolio. Because you also need to have work that you can put out there that speaks to the work you want to be doing. And when you've done something, you also feel more confident. You can understand recipes a little bit better. You can understand maybe like the spiral bouquet is something you're struggling with or making corsages is something you struggle with. You know, you could just practice. And then that comparison when you build confidence just starts to dwindle. And if you are continuously comparing yourself to people, especially on Instagram, unfollow them. You will not be missing out if they do a wedding somewhere that is not, for one, your ideal venue, your ideal type of wedding. Like, just unfollow them. It's good for your brain to just not even be exposed, in my opinion. Next thing, stop using one wholesaler. 
or one flower source. By putting your eggs in all in one basket or one wholesaler, you can be disappointed and be subject to their pricing or their price fluctuations on items because they have limited sources. I personally have three wholesalers. I have a flower co-op that is a co-op of local growers, and I have two flower farmers that I buy direct from, and I grow my own flowers. I will often, on hard-to-find flowers, order from two locations to help up my chances, but I also check prices accordingly. Hey, how much are your toffee roses right now? Are you even able to get them? How much are your anemones right now? Are you able to get them? In the summer, are you able to get white rhinoculus, peach rhinoculus, whatever? How are you finding, you know, whatever flower that you need for this wedding in three weeks? Ask them, get a ballpark price, and then you can place your order accordingly. I have one wholesaler that I only have delivered to me because they're a little bit farther away. I invest my time going to my main wholesaler, looking at everything and knowing how everything is going to come together from a color palette. I go to the flower farmers in person because I want to be specific. Even if you're ordering by variety, that variety can be a little bit different or they could have picked it at a different time. So super important. But on top of that, my next item, stop promising individual flowers. I, I actually, I did a whole episode on this. This is literally backing you into a corner of not being profitable because if that item for some reason becomes a scarcity, you are paying a premium for it and you might not have built that into your wedding flower budget. So just, I, I just stopped doing it several years ago and it feels so much freer, but it also helps make me more profitable because I am not backed into a corner of having to have a specific bloom. So just stop. It's easy. Explain, if you listen to that episode, I explain how you can make it a benefit to that couple. Then have a minimum. And I know so many people are like, I just need to do weddings. I need experience. Great. Have a la carte flowers, um, which is a great way for people to get, for one, pricing guidance of what things cost. For two, great flowers without a lot of work on your, your part. And plus, you get a lot of creative freedom because you are dictating everything that goes into the, from a flower choice, from a design choice. You know, I just say they're always in my classic garden style um, look. But I get to pick all the blooms um, based on what the best options at that time. The best options could be something that's on sale. It could be something that I found a deal on, one of the auctions on. Then having a minimum, you can actually back into that to from a profitability standpoint. If you want to do two weddings in one weekend and you want to make X amount, okay, if I want to make X amount and I'm running at like a 40 or 50% profit margin, or whatever your percentage might be from last year. Or if you're looking at changing that, you could, of course, adjust that into this um, equation. Then I'm going to meet, need to be charging X. So by having that minimum, you make sure that you're covering your business expenses. You're making sure that if you're taking on limited weddings, that that investment in your time is worth it. And so I see having a minimum as a critical part of your business if you are not going to be taking on all these low budget, high volume type weddings, because you are setting the stage that I'm not going to do overwhelm. I am going to have weddings that I want to do, I enjoy doing, that are something creatively fulfilling to me and that also fit into my profit equation. 
Then the last thing, start sourcing supplies now. And I know sometimes you might not have the budget for it before your bride has ponied up everything um, or your couple has paid, uh, you know, whatever. I, I do a $500 deposit that goes towards their total. And then I don't take any money until like 30 days out because I don't need the cash influx into my business. I would rather we finalize everything, we get final payment, then I'm paying for the flowers and so on and so forth. But I do source supplies now. I literally, when I see something available that I know I'm going to need, and it is at a normal market rate, it is not like elevated, I stop and I'm like, okay, I, I could buy some tubes of glue. I could buy some cylinder vases for this year. I could buy some floating candles. Sometimes you can even strategically work with your wholesalers to make sure you're getting a good deal by pre-sourcing. Like they have pre-books on items. They have pre-books on candles, pre-books on cylinder bases or common use items. Look at pre-books and see, because that's going to be your recipe of profitability. If you have these things and you aren't all of a sudden paying a premium because you're like having to order on Amazon or having to order it online somewhere because your wholesaler doesn't have it. So plan ahead. And you definitely will build in just a titch more profitability because you're not paying a premium. Then also with those supplies, build in things that are profitable for you. I introduce new collections periodically of items that, for one, make it easier for me to meet with brides because I can show them something that fits together aesthetically. I have these new rib candles, taper candle holders, and like ribbed, beautiful glass bud vases that they go together and they're stunning and like it's really easy, but that was an investment. I bought them before I even sold them, but I knew I would sell them. And I have sold them, I think, like seven times already. So they more than paid for themselves. But now is a time to source things like that that you can integrate, that you can make some money on because they are on trend right now or whatever. And then have fun with that. Like, it is fun for me to introduce new things. And I'm always on the lookout. Like, I actually just got delivered a accent decor puzzle arch. I looked at it and I was like, I can sell that to my bride. It was 500 bucks. So it was an investment, but it's like getting down to the end of the year. So I don't mind the tax deduction. And I know next year I'm going to be able to rent that for a premium. And I will recoup my money in just a couple weddings. And then I will have this beautiful thing to just rent out and make it profitable. So look at those decisions now, because then you can book them to your brides, couples this year and really set yourself up if you rent that arch out three times, four times, you know, if you paid for it and then you've made another 500, then you've made another 750 or 1000. And so you can really capitalize on your investments that you've made into your inventory. Those are your seven things. Start now on implementing these strategies and stop doing all of the things. Stop guessing. Stop being the cheapest. Just start thinking you deserve to be profitable because you do. You work hard. You want to have your business be successful. And sometimes you just gotta, gotta rip the Band-Aid off and make big changes. And so let's make big changes and let's make 2023 amazing. Thank you so much, Flower Friend. I hope you have a great Flower Week. Bye-bye. Friend, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. 
If you found value or today's episode was helpful, please head to your podcast player of choice and hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified every week of new episodes. And while you're there, please go and leave a review. Reviews are so important for getting this message out to all of our other flower friends. Also, if you are wanting additional support, head on over to Facebook and join the Floral Hustle Facebook group, which is a place for like-minded floralpreneurs wanting a more aligned and more profitable floral business. Flower friend, have a fun-filled flower week.